Hello and welcome to the Super Freak Media Podcast, No Ghouls Allowed, with me, your host, John O'Butler. Joining me this time are Sarah Thomas. Hello. Richard Parker. Hello. And Liam Banks. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> In this episode, we are going to be talking about our favourite Christmas spooky movies. And also, I've got a Christmas-themed horror quiz which is kind of a little bit Christmassy, a little bit horror-y, and then it's got other questions in there as well because I needed to pad it out. Uh, and also, we might have a little chat about what Tom Cruise has been up to in the past few days. Good old Tom. As it's Christmas, we thought that this month we would talk about our favourite Christmas horror movies. I can see Richard laughing at me there because I normally say this week, even though this is very much a monthly podcast. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we've all brought one to the table. Uh, I'm going to kick things off uh, with, with my own um, because I'm the host of the podcast and I can do what I want. Bit selfish, but okay. Yeah, you cool. know, Rude. It also Season of giving, but taking everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, when it comes to Christmas movies, <sighs> The one that I wanted to choose, annoyingly, doesn't fit into the genre uh, of, of horror, so it can't be Die Hard, even though we all know it is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I, I think you're going to bumble a lot of people it with that. Has. It is. Agree. Including me. No, no, oh. no. No, no, no. That's why we're going to fall out here, John. I'm afraid. It's... Also, the second one is also a Christmas movie. 100%. And I think the third one also has Christmas music in it, when it's definitely there you go. Christmas. Well, what are we saying qualifies as a Christmas movie, first of all? In my opinion, anything that is set at Christmas and has Christmas as a theme, so if, yeah. if, it's, if it's integral to the plot, therefore it is a Christmas movie. That's why Die Hard fits, because uh, Bruce Willis, John McClane, goes to a Christmas party. It happens on Christmas. There's Christmas, Christmas music. music. Bruce Willis is in the Bible. It all fits. Bruce Willis <laughs> is in the Bible. Bruce Bruce Willis is Jesus, actually. Yeah, like it's been proven. Yeah, he's. Yeah, okay. I would. I would argue that he is the Jesus of the Die Hard series. Okay. Um, and then obviously Alan Rickman is Judas. I don't know. I don't know the Bible. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that makes we, sense. We're all religious here, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm interested to hear then, Sarah, why you don't think it's a Christmas movie. Uh, I, th- I guess I can understand why it is, but. It just doesn't give me the Christmas feels, if if that makes any sense at all. It just doesn't give me the festive cheer that, that some of the films that we're talking about today do. Even but even though, though horror. Christmas horror film, does that still give you the festive feels? Oh, yes. Okay. It still does. I don't know about anyone else, but I feel really, really festive when, spoiler alert, he falls off Nakatomi Tower. It ain't Christmas until Anna Rickman <laughs> falls off Nakatomi right. Tower. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all it needs. That and... Now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Mm. Yeah. Done. Um, I have gone for another 80s movie, though, for my for my choice. Uh, and I've gone for Gremlins, which, interestingly, is a film that I hadn't actually seen all the way through until about two years ago when we went to a screening of it at the Quad. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was always one of those films that was sort of... It was on at Christmas... Uh, or around Christmas and I remember certain bits so I must have watched it every now and then uh, you know catching bits here and there so I I remember Gremlins sat smoking around a bar and stuff like that and I remember the microwave (laughs) bit but I don't 
Yeah, I don't think I actually saw it until about two years ago. And what amazed me was how well it had obviously held up. Uh, and I yeah. think that's down mainly to the fact that it's it was all practical effects. Uh, I rewatched it yesterday, and the only bit that really stood out as janky to me was the silhouettes of the gremlins uh, on the cinema screen. That was okay. the only bit that looked a bit naff. Other than that, I was quite impressed. Yeah, and and I think was that kind of like stop motion that that kind of bit. I, I'm I'm not sure. It like it was because it was it was silhouettes that it just didn't look realistic. It didn't look like there were enough of them. It I couldn't pinpoint what it was about it that didn't work but for the most part the film stands up oh definitely mm. and yeah. i think it ticks all the boxes for for a christmas movie if, if we're allowing die hard which we are uh, obviously to be a christmas film then i think <laughs> gremlins definitely qualifies it's got that christmas spirit the festive feels as uh, sarah calls it which i think we need to turn into a hashtag <laughs> hashtag festive feels mm-hmm. um I, I just think it's it's terrific. It's fun. It's funny, uh, and it does. It gives you that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling. Therefore, I didn't realise like how dark it actually is. Like, yeah. I, like yeah. in, in my head, this was a this was a PG, and then I busted out the DVD the other day, and I was like, "Oh shit, fifteen, okay." Mm. I think. I think that's, is it actually a fifteen? It's a, hold on. Yeah. yeah, I've got the DVD right here. That's it's crazy. a fifteen. I swear, like we we were all raised on that film, like apart, apart from me, apparently. But yeah, well, jeez, I that is crazy to me. I mean, it was always one of those films that I thought tread the boundary, quite. Uh, let's say it was it was quite ambitious in terms of how much it was showing young children. Yeah. Um, particularly like when you mentioned the microwave scene, that is like something that is fully <laughs> seared into my head as oh, one yeah. of the most barbaric things I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I kind of, I would not think it was like a fifteen though. I, I would have just thought it was like a twelve, maybe. Yeah, like maximum. I think it, it was released at that time, wasn't it? When it was either a PG or it was a fifteen. So maybe, yeah. maybe now it's been reclassified. I, I guess um, as a mm. twelve. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting, isn't it? When you come, when you think about Christmas films, and I think I know obviously Gremlins is an American film, but. Britain especially has this kind of intertwining of of, of horror and Christmas there's always a ghost story Mm. on at Christmas there's always like a Christmas ghost Mm. story and and that's what I kind of love about Mm. Gremlins you know it's it's set at Christmas but at its heart it is a dark tale oh 100% it's a cautionary tale isn't it it's Mm. you're being told to do one thing and you don't do it so reap the consequences ultimately Exactly. So, exactly. It's a morality yeah. tale, isn't it? Mm, Which yeah. a, a lot of Christmas stories are. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, I mean, it's definitely an interesting one and I mean actually you know thinking about it when we've kind of said uh, about how maybe morbid it is. I you know thinking about it, I think a lot of people actually die in this film. Oh like, yeah. Oh like, yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of people that don't survive the Kremlin attack. Yeah, a um, lot of people who really don't comedy. deserve it either. Um, yeah, 100%. Mm. Although my personal favourite definitely is the the old lady on the Stannis airlift. <laughs> oh, yeah. She deserved it, though. She got she, what yeah, was she did. It. She was a cow. Yeah. <laughs> but she does just fully fly out of the window and it, it cut away just before she splats. Like, yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> I think it was interesting you were saying about the, um, 
like the ghost stories, Christmas ghost stories and, and stuff like that, because something about you saying that triggered um, Christmas Carol mm. to mm. me. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. that's actually in places kind of dark. Oh, 100%. Um, it's terrifying. I think I even saw the, I can remember seeing the Jim Carrey, like more recent remake at the cinema <clears throat> and thinking, oh, this is Christmas Carol. It'll be fine. Genuinely made me jump probably more than a lot of the horror films that were seen at that time. So yeah. God knows what it did to kids. I it's, think. Yeah, it's dreadful. Controversially, my, my, my favorite version of the Christmas Carol is the Muppets version. That's, that, not, that's controversial. not controversial. <laughs> I agree. I, say, I think a lot of people say that. I've not yeah. actually seen it, though. Which oh, man, it's fantastic. I know. It's I, so I'll, good. I'll leave. I'll leave. Don't it, worry. It is <laughs> a treat. And I think Michael Caine did say that it was one of his favourite things, was being in the Muppets Christmas Carol. Could you give us a Michael Caine impression, please, Jono? Putting you on the spot. Can I give you <laughs> a Michael Caine impression? Oh, I'm very sorry. Yeah, wow. That, that, was, that was the gift of Christmas. That was the gift we needed. That was. I'm, ju- I'm just seeing Rob Rob Brydon and uh, Steve Coogan. Uh, Steve Coogan doing that. Yeah. No, no, you're not doing it nasal enough. That's Michael Cade. Get some. All the years it's of all the brandy and time. all the cigars. <laughs> You're only supposed oh. to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> that was, uh... Can we get a cane corner instead of a cage corner? No. Oh, no. Or both. What's that in the water? <laughs> What's that in the corner? Oh, it's Michael Caine. <laughs> Who was it, Liam? It was Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm Good not try. Good. Yeah. Sorry. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't um, good, but it wasn't terrible. Another another pick. You know, you said you were talking about uh, the Jim Carrey version of Christmas Carol, which is... <clears throat> actually you know quite scary in places unintentionally mm. scary christmas films uh polar express yeah 100 percent. Oh, i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> wow just i think it's the uncanny valley effect isn't yeah. it the fact that they just do not look like people they just look like shrek extras yeah <laughs> shrek extras. hey love what you did there love what thank you, did you. There. seriously having um weird slightly wrong looking tom hanks looming at the camera over and over again is not the one um yeah i I can't abide that film at all also the fact that the whole plot is around a train that comes through at night and takes children probably not fine yeah i mean (laughs) probably not okay um yeah i think there's some conversations that need to be had about that film yeah yeah um so we, we're certifying Gremlins as a Christmas classic. Is that oh, is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. It took me a while to get back into it the other day, but actually, as soon as we uh, we reached the, they'd been fed after midnight. Mm. Had a good time. Yeah, yeah. I I because there's always been talk about a remake, hasn't there? And I sort of mm. I do hope if they do remake it that they don't go down the CG route because. I don't think It'll they ruin. will. I, I think there is a third one that they're very much obviously trying to uh, greenlight. And I hate to be that guy, but I was actually fortunate enough to work with Zach Galligan on a feature film a few years back. Clang. Uh, uh, clang. There you go, everyone. <laughs> um, but he was genuinely the nicest guy, and he had so many cool stories about Gremlins. Um, because in all fairness, it's one of those films that I've kind of watched since I was a kid. That's why I was surprised it was a 15. Um 
and I think he was definitely kind of very excited at the idea of them doing something new with it. Excellent. Um, so hopefully we'll see something. Good. Um, as you finished off uh, that section there on Gremlins, Liam, do you want to chip straight in with your choice? Yeah, sure. Sure, why not? Um, so I've been a bit greedy with this one because um, I've picked Black Christmas. Now, Black Christmas is a film that has actually had three iterations. Uh, so three uh, kind of remakes almost, I guess, of this or two remakes of the story since the classic one that was released in 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll start kind of there with that. What, what was interesting about that was it was this Canadian horror film back in the 70s that actually predates Halloween, which you know I absolutely gush over every time I have uh, an opportunity to uh, gush. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> um, but it really laid the blueprint for... <clears throat> kind of modern day slasher films it was the first film to really have that trope of the calls coming from inside the house um and i mean that's something i think we see echoed throughout a lot of films the next kind of version of that came in 2006 uh, directed by glenn morgan and in actual fact i think this remake is probably my favorite out of the three it doesn't get enough love and it is absolutely it's like schlocky a gore fest um, at its core so I know we're probably talking about even the likes of Gremlins which does have a heartwarming side to it with like Gizmo and the message yeah this film doesn't it just wants to show you people's eyeballs getting ripped out and Christmas lights and blood spluttering everywhere and I actually really really enjoy that um, the last iteration of this film then came just last year 2019 uh, with a female director, uh, Sophia Takal, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and again, it, it took the idea, um, but completely uh, reappropriated it for maybe more of this time. Particularly at this time, we've got the Me Too movement, um, a lot of things about toxic masculinity. This last film was very much about women rising up and reclaiming a lot of things. Um, but they all kind of centre around the real life horrors i guess that people can experience in the university and sorority system so i think um on an intellectual level they're really great to watch but also if you want to watch a few people get messed up at christmas check out black christmas oh very oh, nice very that nice. Was, nothing says happy holidays quite like people honest. getting sliced up does it there's yeah there's a lot of slicing and dicing <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> that um You've said that you know, with being two remakes, that mm. they all hold up in their own right, and they're not. You don't compare them, kind of unfavorably. No, I mean, I think particularly, obviously, when the second iteration came out in two thousand and six, I think that was very much in like remake city. Everything was being remade at that time, and what made it stand out to me was the fact that it. I think it obviously takes the name Black Christmas, but it could be its own kind of thing. It kind of takes, there's the character of Billy, who's ultimately this person who's terrorizing these sorority girls. And it, it then develops that backstory. And it was very much in the era of kind of torture porn, Final Destination. So people were used to seeing a lot of violent stuff on screen. So it, it brought it up to date for that. So that to me is completely different than the intensity um, and suspense of the original. And then obviously this new one is, um, I guess what Americans call PG-13 now. Um, so it's very much, it was kind of at young teens, I guess, to inspire them um, to not listen to 
people who are douches at, at college when when they're older so it's um yeah they're, they're all very different um if i had to probably rate them i'd say i like the 2006 one the original and then the last one is probably my least favorite unfortunately yeah it's interesting because i've hands up never seen any of the black christmas films um, me neither i can see richard shaking his head there <laughs> um sarah have you seen any no unfortunately not you have sold it to me though liam mm. i've got to say mm. yeah i mean they're very interesting like i said you can watch them in any order the only thing that really gives them away i guess is the fact that people have flip phones in the 2006 version and then it's a landline in the original so you've kind of got like this evolution of phones that's the the main thing so is it so the remakes then are they do they have the same characters in it or is it a different story the uh they do share similar characters uh, i mean in terms of the fact like i said with the original and then the 2006 film there is this character of billy um who is this person who i suppose in the in the first remake you kind of learn he originally lived in this house and there's a reason he just wants to be home for christmas and these people are now living in his house so that's kind of his motivation and i will say maybe what was maybe a little out of place was there's this whole incest subplot in the in the 2006 remake which might put a lot of people off um so i mean you've got to go into it knowing that you're watching a horror film Whereas I guess the other ones are a little bit lighter on the horror um, and it's more about, I guess, just these characters being terrorised as opposed to uh, that sort of thing. Do you think the 2006 version then was really trying to push some Mm -hmm. boundaries and just kind of including things in there to to press as many buttons as possible? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I watched that film for the first time when I was far too young. And again, it was kind of, a, I don't even think I actually watched it like at Christmas time. because I don't think it came out at that time here in the UK. Um, but it, it was definitely, I, fa- I still find it being one of those films that um, I'll, I'll kind of go back to every year and watch something like Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's absolutely ridiculous, but it's, it's something that everyone kind of maybe knows a little bit about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun. I'd say that they're all good fun in their own way. Right, I'm gonna crack one of those on over Christmas, I reckon. Mm, um, I'd love to know what you think. Yeah, yeah. Next podcast, I'll I'll give you an update. <laughs> uh, Sarah. Yes. Your choice. So I am talking about magical, lovely Krampus. Um, so it's one of my favourite sort of Christmassy horror films, albeit a little bit more mainstream. You can watch it on Netflix. You know, it's kind of basic family at Christmas time and everything goes wrong. So uh, created in 2015, obviously, uh, we love things going wrong at Christmas time. Comedy horror uh, written and directed by Michael Doherty featuring, you guessed it, Bavarian folklore monster Krampus from the same name. So I think one of the main things for me is I'm a massive sucker for sort of folklore origin stories and like being like flipped on its head and perhaps being made a little bit more commercially viable which is I guess what this film has made uh, Krampus to be I have a lot of fun watching it um, before any spoilers like truly begin I'm now rather scared of gingerbread men people <laughs> and teddy bears would you believe and music boxes anyway but yeah this this film just takes the mix with the with the music box so <laughs> I, I think for me for this film I 
and and to be fair with a lot of the films we've talked about so far and i know definitely the one that um we'll be talking about next is use of music and just sort of that tongue-in-cheek way of utilizing stereotypically happy lovely uh festive fuzzy feeling christmas music and then sort of for either foreshadowing a moment in the film which this film does a lot and uh you know just making it damn creepy like <laughs> how 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 is i'm dreaming of a white christmas and you know michael buble turn into something so so horrendously horrible <laughs> so in in the opening montage of this film it's kind of everything that's wrong with christmas time so it's a bunch of people kind of like on a black black friday uh in the mall going mental kicking each other pushing each other out the way to get the presents and stuff and like you reach that moment as a viewer saying you know what i'm not even mad if people die in this maybe that's just me being (laughs) maybe And and so then you've got it's beginning to look like Christmas on at the same time and then followed by getting visited by Saint Nick when all of the family are in the house and you sort of see everything everything go to pot really. So another thing that I really like about this film in particular is sort of how it goes from super merry and bright visually to freezing cold as soon as, you know, mm. his letter to Santa gets ripped up, it, it just turns like quite it takes a quite a quite a dark turn really i should expect but it i think it looks really pretty um you know super super blue super cold and then when the blizzard hits it's quite uh, quite grim really <laughs> and uh, i like how it looks is is basic is me to say that it does look quite good um and then another thing i know we've already touched on sort of things harkening back to to classic ghost stories but i think krampus himself is quite an interesting one visually for a couple reasons that i've picked up and firstly it's the chains so when he's first chasing uh the daughter near the beginning of the film you can see that he's got his chains and that just reminds me of the scene in A Christmas Carol, the Muppets version, obviously, uh, where you've got, you know, uh, the Molly and Molly song when they're basically taunting Scrooge with the chains of his sins that he's committed. And I think that's really Mm. like a cool little costume reference there. And towards the end of the film, you know, instead of the whole with a wink and a nod from Santa, he flies away in sort of one of the final moments of the film. You've got the young boy Max apologizing to Santa for all of this wrongdoing that has happened all because of him because he didn't believe in Christmas and Santa has well Santa Krampus has a really big tongue (laughs) and and I know that's really really weird but it's instead of a wink and a nod he winks and then just like shows his disgusting tongue and then (laughs) chucks him into the abyss and I'm like okay that's a disgusting and be quite a clever reference for such a commercial christmas Mm. horror film really um and then lastly the ending and i don't know if if you guys want to chip in here for those of you who have seen it what do you think of the ending like do you think that it's a literal thing or do you think it's more are they alive or or are they dead basically is what i want to ask the opinions Mm. of i very much interpreted it um as that they're very much in kind of like purgatory almost now i think mm-hmm. they, they ha- what has happened has happened um to them and they un- unfortunately have passed on somewhere else um but Rip. 
in some kind of weird way they're now stuck in this idea that he had of Christmas and what he wanted it to be, which then turns out to be like the worst thing ever. Because <laughs> um, I also like the fact as well um, that it was hinted that there's so many people that Krampus has done this to with all of the yeah. snow globes. I thought that was really ace. Um, but I don't know. That's how I took it. I took it that, yeah, they'd they'd died. <laughs> yeah, and I think especially like to, to reference that, Liam, I know when the rules sort of sat on Christmas morning, quote unquote, like mm. there's just this really dreamlike look mm. to, to everything and everything just doesn't look quite right. I know personally, mm. I, so I kind of see it as up until that moment, I'm thinking, yeah, they're definitely dead. They're definitely in, in purgatory. Um, but then some people believe on, on the world of the internet. Um, that the what? That, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Wow, um, that they're actually that Santa has actually forgiven them, and the snow globes are being used as kind of like his all-seeing eyes. So he's watching all mm. of these families that have wished for you know Christmas to be over, or people wishing that the parents weren't weren't so mm. lame and and uncool and stuff, and that he's watching all of these people, which which could be another take on. I personally cool. aren't sure. Um, but I know that the uh, screenwriters and the guys who produced this made um, a graphic no uh, novel trilogy, um, mm -hmm. wherein, you know, in, in each of the stories, two, two or three characters from each one sort of meet their demise. And it's it's confirmed by the creators of this film that it is the latter opinion that we talked about. So more, they're not really dead. It's just they're being watched by santa so he sees wow. you when he's sleeping you know it's when you're awake that sort of thing so but that's cool but they've also said you know take it however you want to take <laughs> it it's 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 your ending at the end of the day which yeah i just thought that was it a cool little thing that people might not know but yeah krampus lovely festive fuzzy feeling featuring some really really good acting and terrifying creatures which is what we all love at christmas time yeah it's another one of those films isn't it that is you know it's that link between christmas and creepy that goes back i guess centuries with this one because it is based on the the kind of the european legend doesn't it yeah of uh of krampus and it is it's just another one of those links that christmas and the celebrations that we have always seem to have that kind of that dark undertone like when you said there that the santa seeing you when you're sleeping it's a bit creepy. Uh, it, it's no a Santa. Creepy. Just what, what are you <laughs> doing? Away. Just please asleep. leave my bedroom. Um, I think it's the moral thing though, isn't it? Like hmm. ultimately Christmas is very much a holiday where you are encouraged to reflect on what you might have done, which isn't the best. So yeah. whether you've been good or bad. <clears throat> or and I think horror links in with that because morals form a basis of, of a lot of things. If you're bad, you get killed. So... Yeah, it's it's easy to translate that, isn't it, into a Christmas story? Yeah, definitely. And, and also with it being that it, it has that link of horror and comedy as well, which mm. they go hand in hand. When it works <laughs> well, it works really well. Uh, I think Krampus is so so funny. Like I I full on belly laughed when I saw this at the cinema. Did you lol? Um, and I, I fully lolled. And I, I actually went back to go and see it twice because I <laughs> I loved it so so much. And there's not been anything made like that for such a long period of time as mm. well. Because to me, I think the closest thing it has is gremlins to it in yeah. terms of like creatures and all of that jazz. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, really good choice. I love that. So we only have one left. 
Uh, and I think it's Richards. And I think it's actually the the most recent on the uh, on the old release list. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we saw it at Mayhem in 2018 or 2019. The DVD says 2019. 2018, uh, I reckon. So, yeah, probably 2018 at Mayhem Film Fest. Um, Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, every time I am on this podcast, I seem to be able to talk about a zombie film, and this is <laughs> yet another zombie film. Um, but it's a personal favourite, and it's become a staple ever since, so the last two years, I guess, um, <laughs> that, I, uh, that I, I watch this. Um but it's just fantastically well done. Um, British film, for anyone who doesn't know Anna in the Apocalypse, you should be sold on simply the three words of zombie Christmas musical. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's not to love based on those three words? Um, and it really is fantastic. Um, I don't know what it is about it. It's got real heart. And I've found that when watching it, particularly for the first time, you forget it's a musical at first. I don't know if anyone else found that. Um, yeah. You're sat there watching it. You're, you're kind of invested in the story from the off and the relationship between like Anna and her dad and her friend. Um, and then she starts singing and you're kind of taken out of it a little bit at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of soon come round to the idea of the music because the music is absolutely phenomenal. Um, in particular, my favourite dish is fish, Mother Flipper, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> I remember the director talking about in the Q&A afterwards about how they'd been struggling to come up with something to put in there and he just turned up at the studio the next morning and just shouted it at the guy recording all the music and <laughs> the other guy just looked him dead in the face and just went, yes, and they wrote it from there uh, to put in. But some fantastic performances. I'm, I'm terrible with actor names. Um, but the guy from Game of Thrones who plays the head teacher in Anna in the Apocalypse. It's um, a great performance. Is just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's, he's hilarious, but also absolutely mental. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a nutcase. <laughs> he just, yeah, he just loses it by the end of the film, which is fantastic. Um and his song is also fantastic. I, I love yeah, he that. He has song. some good music. Good, yeah. good music. I think that's um, the thing with it. it, it's, it... But I, I found that it's also a film that I don't have to watch at Christmas. Whilst it's obviously set at Christmas and there's a lot of Christmas stuff to it, it's a zombie film. So I'm going to watch it pretty much whenever. And if I'm having a you know a crappy day at work, sometimes I'll just put the soundtrack on, and it perks me up. The the song turning my life around just perks me up doesn't matter what mood i'm in if i hear that i'm dancing whilst i'm picking lights i i can't help it it just it gets under my skin and i'm, I'm off I'm, i love I'm that scene time. like that song just and that scene together is just iconic i'll be honest i watched it for the first time a couple of days ago and i was like why have i not watched this sooner this is incredible mm. this is everything i love i love music i love zombies like you say rich and just the whole thing <laughs> together it was just i just found myself smiling throughout the entire thing other than one key death that shouldn't have happened which i think you're all kind of <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the same i only watched it for the first time i think last weekend because mm-hmm. uh, i knew rich you were going to be talking about it but 
yeah, I was surprised at how far they went in terms of just killing people. I was yeah. like, yeah. I think that I thought that was really bold, actually. Uh, I think that was yeah, really, really good. It has. Yeah, they they kind of flipped a lot of a lot of stuff on its head about who would normally survive um, yes. and about. Um, so, spoiler alert: with the um, where Anna turns to her her friend and says, "You know, you're my best friend, right?" Mm. And he's like, "Yeah," and she goes, "No." you're my best friend and like i was like oh man that hits you right in the feels doesn't it like poor I guy it's cause, like it's because it's, it's happened to so many of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're like oh man poor dude <laughs> yeah um but you know it's it's just phenomenal and you know you you get these really poignant moments like that where you actually really feel for the characters and then mm. you get the genius moments like when the snowman zombie falls over and she crouches down next to him and she says, I'm a first aider. And That's then he so kind of, British. he just goes, ah, and she just <laughs> smacks him with the bag. And I'm like, it's, I, I don't know what it is about it. I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorites. It, it is very, more, very British. Like um, the sense of humor is very, very British. I've got to say. Yeah. It has more, well, it has, it's so much better than a zombie Christmas musical has any right to be. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the thing. It's like, I think a lot of people haven't seen it because they hear the phrase zombie Christmas musical and they go, this is going to be shite. Yeah, you know, it's Marmite, isn't it? How can mm. this possibly be good? You know, uh, And the fact that the songs are terrific, the fact that the choreography is fantastic, the fact that the actual zombie content is enough mm. to placate any actual zombie film fan the the dialogue is all kind of it's on point it mm. deserves to be seen by a much wider audience than and than i think it has I, done it does deserve to be you know a film that is seen every christmas not just by richard yeah <laughs> I, like, I, I have to say like amongst some of my friends i have a bit of a reputation for when i recommend a film and they come out the other end and they go that was shit um, no. <laughs> but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm like, I, I love it. It's great. And this was one of those ones where I explained the premise and they went, no. And I was like, <laughs> you should watch it. And they went, no. And then I made them watch it. And then they all went out and bought the DVD. Yeah. I think a lot of people sort of see the word musical on a box and like they tend to cringe. I know, I know my other half, Luke, if you're listening, this is for you, that <laughs> he, he won't watch anything that's remotely musical with with me because it makes him cringe and i think mm. this isn't cringy at all because like you say the story is so so good and you mm -hmm. really do care about the characters like you you give a damn about them right from the off even even nasty nick of all people and, and even the headmaster like mm. poor dude he gets to be headmaster for one day and the whole world goes to shit sorry mate <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's not it's... gone well for him <laughs> <laughs> so we've had I think there four pretty strong choices and four choices there that hopefully uh, at least one of them will be new to somebody um, mm -hmm. whether it's Black Christmas, Krampus uh, Anna and the Apocalypse or less likely uh, Gremlins um, so if you're at a loss for what to watch this Christmas we've got four, well, actually six given the Black Christmas remakes recommendations for you <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome so we thought this time we might do something that's actually slightly topical instead of just talking about stuff. Uh, so in the news recently has been a certain Mr. Tom Cruise. Uh, mm -hmm. They're filming Mission Impossible 7 at the moment. 
which for me is brilliant news because it means a new Mission Impossible film is coming out. Um, mm-hmm. And Mr. Cruz has been on a bit of a rant uh, about COVID restrictions and having to shut down his movie set. And I just wanted to get your opinion on what you thought because personally, I think everything he says, albeit in quite a, a sweary, shouty, um, Tropic Thunder kind of performance, is <laughs> um, perfectly valid because at the end of the day, if his movie set gets shut down, um, it's not just the people who have kind of flouted the rules and been too close to people or broken the bubble that that kind of lose out. It's the entire crew. It's the entire cast. Mm-hmm. It's everyone that works on that film, and mm-hmm. in a kind of a, in a wider way. Hollywood and the film industry are kind of they're looking at Mission Impossible 7 and they're looking at how it's doing as a bit of a benchmark Mm. on is this method, is this way of filmmaking actually uh, sustainable? Can we do it uh, Mm -hmm. in this bubble scenario? And and if it doesn't work it could stop a lot of productions down the line and if you know, people in the creative industry if they're they're not working, they're not getting paid. Mm. I think um, I agree entirely with you in terms of I think it does have a ripple effect and Mission Impossible is one of those tentpole kind of films that a lot of people will go and see and if it is successful and it's done correctly it means other people can make their films. I think one of the most frustrating things for me and I suppose I'd like to think for you guys as well <laughs> this last year has been the fact we've not been able to make anything and it has been tricky Um I just don't think he had to be so much of a douche about it. I think that's where I kind of stand on it. I understand he's very passionate and he isn't just an actor in the film. He has stakes as a producer as well. But we all remember um, when we heard the clip of Christian Bale going off in Terminator Salvation. And I I just don't think... I think you can get your point across without being that rude. I, I, we didn't have any visual, so we don't obviously know what had set him off. We don't know how the walls were necessarily flouted i've seen a variety of things online saying it's like he was handed a beverage or something and that wasn't the right thing because contact was made or, or i don't know but i just think if he's talking about everyone looking to them as a way to make films he should also look at how he treats other people on a film set because that was out of order in my eyes i think you don't need to be rude yeah i i, un- I understand that but i think the thing is that's the one bit that's been recorded you don't know how many times exactly. that conversation has taken place mm-hmm. in a non-recorded scenario in a much calmer way chill cruise you know chill like <laughs> chill cruise and now we've got like full-on catastrophe cruise mm. um so mm. yeah but i i think as you say the sentiment is definitely in the right place it's just whether whether he needed to kind of go on for quite as long as he did every time it sort of dialed he down he sort stop. of came up again uh, and then continued yeah. with his rant which is just choice and it is available online if anyone wants to search <laughs> for Tom Cruise ranting it is a treat I might mm. have to check that out because oh, you I'm, do. I'm coming yes. into this completely blind um, oh. but as someone whose industry at the moment is completely buggered um, I can kind of see the point of if he's getting irate at people for not following the rules and not being safe because mm. it can be done i understand that you know you can't have big gatherings of people and all of that kind of thing but i went into work for four days to help 
clean up recently and me and the deputy of the department were just wearing masks at all times trying to stay out of each other's way as best as possible so it, it can be done safely and mm. if people are flouting those rules then there's not really an excuse for it the thing is though i think what you've said there is perfect in terms of the fact this is a whole new way of working a lot of people have got to get used to and it's like i find myself still in supermarkets for example i'll kind of like go over to something and i'm like crap i'm gonna have to like wait now just to let this other person go go past and i know that we have had this for a long period of time but it's an adjustment um yeah. but i think the key thing is is that we just don't know how many times these people had maybe been flouting the rules or <laughs> forgetting how to act i guess yeah and i guess I would imagine if, you know, you've got stakes in the film, you, you care about it and you think, damn, this is probably one of the only films that is going to be made this year. Mm-hmm. You'd be doing out doing it out of a place of, of kindness for all of those, however many people on that set, all of the production crew who, t- to be honest, probably wouldn't be working in a normal mm-hmm. circumstance. And speaking from someone who sort of deals with, uh, like, PR and, and stuff like that in, in my industry, I think he'd be damned if he did kick off and he'd also yeah. be damned if he didn't. So if mm. he hadn't have stuck up for, you know, seeing something that perhaps shouldn't have been taking place on set and then for 10 days later, someone on that set test positive, the media would be having probably more of a field day then than That's they true. have been about this rant now. So I think I think mm. it's tricky. And like you say, you don't know what preceded this outbreak or or anything like that so it's it's a hard one really to gauge he is an angry a, a very angry man but you'd like to think it came from a place of, of kindness and sort of consideration yeah. for the people who were working i don't think it will do him any harm and i don't think it will do the film any harm i think any i think this press is good press for him yeah. ultimately i think even the people who don't necessarily agree with him mm. you can still kind of see his point so yeah worst it's a bit comes of a meme. to the worst mm. yeah worst comes to the worst his um his reaction whilst not done in the correct way probably has the correct message behind it so mm-hmm. yeah oh sorry there's a small scratching coming from the corner again i've told you to sort this out jono it's every time <laughs> every goddamn time um rich can you hear it <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, back there. Yeah, Sarah. yeah, he's back there. Sarah? Mm, no, don't Sarah, think it's so. De- it's definitely there. One sec, let me just go in. Rich is moving around his room like we can see him. It is. It's ah, cage. Yeah. It's cage. He's in the corner oh my God, again. Oh there. my goodness me! He needs to just stop dropping in. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Goddamn! He's wearing his <laughs> mask. <laughs> He's two metres away. We're okay, Tom. You don't need to come here and tell us off. Um, cage fact for this podcast. Um, <clears throat> this is a kind of a sad tale about our boy. Um, so we all know that Nicholas Cage is a huge comic book fan. We know from previous podcasts that he named his, his second son Kal-El after the original name of Superman uh, and that his own name comes from that of a comic book so he's a huge comic book fan and he's a huge comic book collector and in 1997 he bought a copy of Action Comics number one which is uh, I believe the first appearance of Superman in a comic 
unfortunately this comet was stolen from Nicholas in the year 2000 oh. which obviously left him heartbroken in 2011 however there was a sale of storage lockers a little bit like uh, on storage hunters or auction hunters or one of these programs where somebody just buys a, an unused storage locker and inside was Nicholas Cage's copy of Action Comics number one and it was returned wow. to him in 2011 and what did he do with it you may ask did he frame it and put it on his wall did he keep it he sold it for a record $2.1 million. Um, and he, he describes this as uh, being divine providence, which I think wow. is, is lovely, because I reckon that was probably around the time that he was in quite a lot of debt um, when he yeah. bought the, the house, the two islands, the dinosaur skull and the pyramid. Um, but, uh, you know... It was a nice little story about Nicholas there. I'm going to tell that story to my future kids. Oh, I think That's you should. so silly. It's like, he gets it back and then he just sells it on again. <laughs> it's very Nick Cage. It's very yeah, Nick I think Cage. you should buy that copy for your future kids. Yeah. Well, I think if we all chip in... Good yeah. investment. We could probably at least afford, like, I'll put in 20 quid. All right. Half yeah. a page. Half, half, yeah. half a page. And the beauty of it is, if we take that half a page, all of a sudden we'll be able to afford the rest of it. This is very true, Richard. It won't be worth the money anymore. <laughs> um, I would also I like genius. To, to guys, point, we have a plan. I'm going to point people, uh, you guys, and also everyone who listens to the podcast, in the direction of a new Reddit that I found, <laughs> um, which is r slash one true god, <laughs> which yeah. is. Oh. All about Nicolas Cage. Of course it is. So um, what we'll do is we'll probably leave a link to that in the description somewhere. Um, God damn it. We're having to leave so many links in these descriptions because you keep finding Cage-related things. It's... I mean, what you're forgetting is that's perfection right there. So, <laughs> Honestly, I, I discovered it today, which is weird for me because obviously, how have I not discovered this before? Um <laughs> It's really active as How well. did you dis- discover it? Did you just Google Nicolas Cage, our one true god? <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> Potentially. But it's got 137,000 members. Jeez. And then you've got everything from your classic Nicolas Cage memes, photos of people dressed in Nicolas Cage, like general memorabilia. There's a lady <laughs> who streams, and in the background it's just got a cardboard cut out of Nicolas Cage. Um <laughs> So what you're saying is it's 137,000 people there who should be listening to this podcast every month yeah, for Cage Corner. Exactly. 100%. 100%. That's all I'm saying. Sort it out, folks. 137,000 absolute legends. <laughs> uh, there's also uh, motivational quotes with pictures of Nicolas Cage there. Oh, please, can you just read one if you've um, got one there? Oh, it's, it's a nice quote. It's it's just a, a standard one. Uh, those who have the ability to take action have the ability to responsibility to take action. And it's uh, Nick Cage dressed <laughs> as Superman. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm so gutted that didn't happen, you know. Oh, it would have been I would fantastic. have loved to have seen a Nicolas Cage Superman. Yeah. Oh, oh um, for $7 million, you can buy a life-size wax figure of Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. Seven... Was that seven million? Yeah. Pocket change. That's on Alibaba. Jeez. Oh, so it might not be might not be US dollars. Oh. Oh, we'll see. 
Oh, it's about seven thousand actual dollars. Oh, that, that's that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Now that I think we can afford. Yeah, <laughs> this is fantastic. So yeah, anybody who wants to, you know, get the the latest on on the one true god, r <laughs> forward slash one true god is the place to be. Thanks for the recommendation, Jono. Any time. Any time. Probably next month. As it's Christmas, I thought this time we might have a bit of a Christmas quiz. So, not all of the questions are going to be about Christmas, and not all of the questions are going to be about horror, but they're all going to be kind of film-related. I've got two rounds for you guys to take part in. The second round is a true and false quiz, and the first round that we're going to crack on with is called Real or Fake. So, I'm going to give you the names of some horror films, and I want you to tell me if they are real, legit feature films, or are they fake? Have I totally made them up? So, number one. Werewolves on Wheels. <laughs> real or fake? Mm, I'm, I'm trying to real. think. It could be like a werewolf biker gang. So I'm go- yeah, I'm, go- I'm going real. Okay, so we've got I'll, two. I'll, just for the sake of it, I'll yeah, go fake. Real, fake for me. So we've got real, real, fake. Werewolves on Wheels is 100% real. Damn it! Yes, it yes. is about oh, a motorcycle gang who turn into werewolves. Oh my god! Nailed it! So good! Yeah, amazing! Yeah, so that is one point to Rich, one point to Liam, unfortunately zero points. (laughs) As expected, to be honest. (laughs) Staying with the theme. Vamp bikers. Real or fake? Mm. Real. Rich is going real. He's locked in. Mm. I'm going to say real as well, I think. Sarah's gone real. Uh, for shits and gigs, I'm going to say fake then. Liam's gone fake. I, I think gone. I think it's a it's a shit name, but I think it, it sounds I like a good premise for a film. It doesn't have the flourish of, of werewolves on, on wheels. No, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no alliteration. Yeah. Um, so, Werewolves on Wheels was real. Vamp Bikers is a real film about vi- uh, vampires and bikers who clash in the near future. It's not just a film, it is a trilogy. Oh no. <laughs> it's a trilogy. trilogy. Yes. Oh. Sign me up. <laughs> three Vamp Bikers films. Here we go. Uh, number three. Pramageddon. <laughs> Cramageddon? Pramageddon. As in that you push your baby around in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What the hell? I'm going to say I'm going to say fake, but I want it to be real because it makes me think of Nanageddon from the Mighty Boosh. Okay, we've got a yes. fake from Richard. Fake from me too, I fake think. Fake from Sarah. Okay, real. Liam's gone real. Are you just playing devil's advocate? Is that? Of course I am. I'm going to get a point one way or another. <laughs> not this time, you're not, because that one's fake. Oh god <laughs> damn it! <laughs> um, if if it was going to be real though, I did write down a little plot for it, which would be genetically modified super babies that take over the world. <laughs> quick, pattern that quick. Yeah, please. Yeah, let's Ooh. approach the asylum. <laughs> Here we go. Um, the long hair of death. Oh, that's me every I'd, day. I'd say I'd say real. 
Real for I'm me. going real. That sounds real. Real for Richard. Go on then, let's say real. And you're all correct on that one. What? what? The long hair of <laughs> I'm, death. I'm sad about that. Yeah. It sounded too corny not to be real. That was it, the thing. It's an old uh, Italian slow burn horror from, I think, the 60s. Wow. Yeah, wow. there you go. Is and it just someone just washing their hair and then realising, oh, I'm dead? Uh, <laughs> apparently, the, the long hair only turns up right at the end. Um, oh, oh, spoiler. But, you know, sorry if, if anyone was going to watch <laughs> The Long Hair of Death. I'll be honest, I did want to watch it until I knew that, and now you've saved me a job. Okay. I might just watch the last ten minutes. Slightly different one, this one. Uh, I'm going to give you two films, and you're going to tell me which one is real and which one's fake. So... We've got Boarding School Monster Party or Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory. <laughs> one's real, one's fake. I think the latter, Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory, is real. Okay. No, I'm going Boarding School, real. Bo- boarding School for me. So two for Boarding School Monster Party, one mm-hmm. for Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory. Liam gets it with Werewolf in <gasps> a Girl's Dormitory. <gasps> It's horror, guys. Everything is just about women and being in horror. That's it. Yeah, but it's the, it's the crappy name out of the two, isn't it? Mm. I mean, again, Boarding School probably, Monster Party. We should probably patent that. Yeah. <laughs> Trademarked, uh, Super Freak Media. So uh, the next question is the, the same kind of theme. So two films, one real, one fake. Even the wind is afraid. Or even the sky can't save us. I want to say that even the sky can't save us is the real one, and I think it might be a red herring, so I'm going to go the other way. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to say that the wind one is fake and the sky one is real. Okay. I'm going to say wind is real. Even the wind is afraid. Is it definitely a real film? It's a Mexican ghost story. Apparently it's rather good. So that's a point there for Sarah and Richard. Which means, at the moment, Richard's on five points. He's in the lead. Wow. That has never happened before. uh, Sarah's on four points. She's in second place. And Liam is bringing up the rear in third place. (laughs) You say it with such contempt, John. Just just, let's call a spade a spade. Uh, Last. Last, yeah. Thanks, John. There's a reason I said rear. Because oh. the, the next question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zombie ass, toilet of the dead. <laughs> yeah. It was always going to be arse related. Yeah, it's real. Or, or <laughs> toilet zombies, dead ass. Which one's real? <laughs> Can I hear the first one again? Zombie ass, toilet of the dead. Or toilet zombies, dead ass. I think toilet zombies is real. No, I'm going. I'm going zombie ass. I think that's the real zombie one. ass. I'm gonna go for dead ass. It sounds very American. Oh, interesting that you say that. Richard's got this one right again. It's zombie yes, ass, man. toilet of the dead. It's a <laughs> I'm gonna watch that's it twice. That's a crap title. It's, it's a quite literally. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it so many times. It's not American. It's Japanese. It's a Japanese horror comedy oh, from the makers of wow. Machine Girl. Here we go. Oh. Okay. Wow. Next one, just a straight real or fake for this one. Deathbed, the bed that eats. <laughs> yeah, real. 
No. Fake. Real. Point for Liam, point for Sarah. Real film. Oh. Deathbed, the bed that eats. If you'd have just left it at deathbed, I'd have been all over that. Yeah, but yeah. The bed that eats made me just go, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. Next one. The Unliving Room. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is such a good title. I love that. Un, un, unliving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real. <sighs> yeah, that's real. I'm going to go fake. You'd be right to, Sarah. It's fake. Oh, got it. Did you think of this? Did yeah, you make this up, Johnny? Yeah. It's very room. good. Why are you not titling all of our films? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one. One of these is real, one of them's fake. Doctor Terror's House of Horrors or Doctor Horror's House of Terrors? Knew it. Oh. Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. Doctor Horror. Yeah, I'm gonna go Doctor Horror. Mm, you'd be wrong. Liam's got that one right. He's Dotted. clawed Flip. it back. Richard six, Sweet. Sarah six, Liam five. <gasps> He's still bringing up the rear. Still bringing up the rear. <laughs> the best one better be next one better be arse related. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the next one is not arse related. Are you Got ready? It. The next question is. That's the first title. The second title is. I didn't hear the first one. I didn't either. Okay, it's. Okay, it's a hiss. Mm-hmm. Or car. Or car. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, all the S's. Okay. 100%. How are we spelling the second one? K-A-W. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, going, I'm going car. Okay. I'll go this. Tucky, 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 tucky. I'm afraid I've been harsh there. They're both real films. <laughs> so, zero In points. the spirit of Christmas. In the spirit of Christmas, no points oh. for all. Zero points. Yeah, so the first one, film about snakes. Second one, film about ravens slash crows. The, the bad thing is, is I've actually seen some clips from All Asses, that film, <laughs> and it is dreadful. <laughs> of course it is. It's absolutely dreadful. Okay, <laughs> the final question then in this round. I'm going to give you five titles one of them is fake so you're gonna to have to give me the fake one oh my these god this is find, so find the fake okay. find the fake okay. monsterd <laughs> which is a film about a killer turd it, yeah <laughs> hollywood chainsaw hookers which is self-explanatory <laughs> killer condom what also uh. self-explanatory is that spelt with a K? Just... No, that's the, the killer is, but the condoms with a C. Oh, they missed a trick. Missed a trick, yeah. <laughs> okay, there is an interesting spelling on this one though: serial killer, which is serial with a, a C, and oh. then killer with an A on the end. Serial as in that you eat cereal, or yeah. serial as in serial killer, but just spelt with a C. Serial as in the the like the cereal that you eat, oh, okay. and then killer with an A on the end for cool, and then evil bong. <laughs> Right. Don't what do was... drugs. All bongs are evil. <laughs> nice PSA there. What yep. was? Thank you. <laughs> what was before the um, the serial killer one? Killer what condom. 
Killer condom. Can I just have them just once more? I'm so sorry. Yeah, same. Yeah. Monsterd. Okay. Oh, Hollywood yeah, monster, chainsaw yeah. hookers. Mm -hmm. Killer condom. Mm -hmm. Serial killer. Mm -hmm. Evil bong. I think evil bong is the fake one. See, I think that's a real one. I feel like I've I've seen a trailer for that. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know if the killer condom one. Sarah? Is the fake. She's deep in thought. I'm going to go for the hookers, please. So we've got Hollywood Chainsaw hookers. That wasn't Sarah's choice. She's just going for the hookers. <laughs> I'm just going to go for the <laughs> Tis the season. Oh, wow. Hey, I can tell you, so Sarah, just... you are incorrect. Hollywood Chainsaw hookers is a, is a real film. Damn it. Richard. It sounded the most real. That's mm. why I went for the fake one. I thought you were being sneaky. No. Also, just so that we're clear, Sarah is against bongs, but for hookers. <laughs> it's it's making a living. It's a way of living. Absolutely. Yeah. Anti-bong, pro. There were we to judge. Hookers. Liam, mm -hmm. you went for Killer Condom. Mm. It's a real film. I'm Amazing. Looking. Richard, your choice, Evil Bong. It's a real film. Oh God! <gasps> Monsterd was a real film. Oh, okay. Serial killer is fake. You did so well with that, and that, I, yeah. we should have mm. known that you were doing. Yeah. Something like that. yeah. Mm. To spell it out as well, yeah. very yes. smart. Nailed it. There we go. I added one two, point well, for Jono. One point for me. I added exclamation marks as well that only I can see. <laughs> <laughs> but they're very oh, important. Dear. So, at the end of round one. Sarah, six points. Richard, six points. Liam, still bringing up the rear on five. But there's all to play for in round two, which is true or false. <laughs> so, not a Christmas one this time. But in the film Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio actually sketched the picture that you see of Kate Winslet. True or false? False. False. True, why not? It is false, I'm afraid. So Liam gets a point, Richard gets a point. For a bonus point, can anyone name Heck. who actually did sketch the picture? Artist me P McPherson, Titanic the Third. It's not him. Dave down the road. No, Sarah, <laughs> any guesses? Uh, the correct answer is actually uh, Jono. I, I wish. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was James Cameron. Um, no, yeah. James Cameron did that. Yep. Oh no, he did. No, he didn't. Stop. <laughs> he did. He did. Stop that man it. is not that good at everything. Okay. Apparently he is. <laughs> Apparently he is. Okay. Um, oh, I lied when I said true or false. Uh, but it's still fifty-fifty. Which film came first, the original Black Christmas, or the original My Bloody Valentine? Liam, do not answer first. Uh, I'm going my bloody Valentine. Richard's locked in. Same. Sarah's locked in. I'm going to do terrible at this. Um, I'm going to go with Black Christmas. Liam, mm -hmm. you've clawed it back. You're no longer in last of place. It's me. Thank you. It's Sarah. Where I belong, to be honest. Slipped <laughs> to the rear. Um, yeah, Black Christmas, 1974. My bloody Valentine, 1981. 
Mm-hmm. Heck. In The Matrix, Neo chooses the blue pill. Are we saying yes or no? True or false? He chooses neither because drugs are not okay. God. <laughs> oh my God. Um, no. False. What did, what did you say? He takes the blue pill? Yeah. False. Uh, false, whatever. I don't oh, know. Oh, all correct. Congratulations. Yeah. I had to go through the entire line in my head. Nice. Both ways, and it sounds correct both ways. Oh, and then you just went down the middle. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Summer about red sounded more correct. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly more Christmassy this one because at least it's it's got cold in it. Um, <laughs> cool Runnings is based on a true story. True or false? True. True. False. Oh, Liam, you absolute whopper! It's a true story. Yeah. No way. Yeah. It definitely is. It is. Jamaica had a bobsleigh team with the one and only Sanka and the one and only Doris. And his lucky egg. <laughs> that film. I love that film way too Sanka. much. Okay, true or false? There are over 10 movies in the Friday the 13th franchise. True. Yeah, true. Yeah, true, please. Points for all. Ding, ding, ding. Which means. Am I trying to count them? <laughs> Richard is in first place with ten points. Liam and Sarah both have nine. Oh, oh. god, this is close. This is good. I don't like this it. is good. Uh, <laughs> question number seven: Die Hard star, greatest Christmas movie of all time. Obviously, Bruce Willis was born in Germany. True. False. False. Only Richard gets the point, which means. He's pulled away by an extra point. He's in the lead with 11. Good Lord. Oh. In He's pull- celebrating way too hard right now because yeah. no one can see it. Bless yeah, it's all right. I won't worry about it. I'm about to lose it. <laughs> okay, Richard just- dancing is, is probably the most horrific thing on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be grateful you can't see it. There's four more questions, which means Ooh, okay. it's going to be tight. Uh, in <laughs> Pulp Fiction, wow. Uh, Mia Wallace dies from an overdose true false I'm going false you'd be correct she doesn't die I can't hear you you'd be correct she does not die I think she technically does die and then he's bought, she's brought back to life but okay <sighs> I think cool. fine. she what does dead. final end though Liam don't oh, be well, sloppy okay so, I'll be honest, that, that was, was complete luck for me because I couldn't remember names. So I was like, what happens if Uma Thurman isn't Mia Wallace? <laughs> okay, question number nine. Richard, you are still two ahead of Sarah, three ahead of Liam. Heck. Final Destination is based on an unmade X-Files episode. True. Yeah, I could see that being yeah. true. Okay. Wow, that was that was easy. That's That's points for all. <laughs> very nice which means Richard you can now the worst you can do is draw with Sarah <laughs> he's Sarah, definitely going to win that. you need these two to catch him so in the Friday the 13th film the first one Jason is the killer 
I'll answer last. I'm gonna guess it true. False, whatever. False. I have nothing to lose. Well done, Sarah. They've clawed one back. Heck. False. It's actually his mother. God damn it, I thought that was the second one. Ah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This means, Sarah, if you get this one right and Richard gets this one wrong, it's a tie and I have to go into the tie-break situation. Oh, no! (laughs) Woefully unprepared for. I hate you so much right now. Okay. In Home Alone, Macaulay Culkin did his own stunts. No. False. False. True. I don't think he did that much. So he literally you're... zip lines across to a treehouse. Okay. Yeah, but they small woman. Okay. Yeah, but they okay. probably clipped him on. Probably. Clipped him on. Probably. Wow. It's false. He did oh. not do his own stunts. It was a. Uh, it was done by a thirty-year-old short man. Oh, who, I thought uh, it was a lady. <laughs> it might have been a lady for a couple. I don't know, but it, I, oh I read God. man. Which means we have a tie-break situation. Oh, Go on, no. Sarah. Come on. <laughs> it's not um, gonna happen. It was really tight at the end, by the way. It was only one point separating you all. Liam on 12 and Richard and Sarah on 13 each. I'm oh. looking for you. Hey-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. You've got to name the film. And the way that we're going to do this is that you're going to write it down and hold it up to me. Right? Okay. Oh, God. Uh, He's not prepared for this. So... This way that we're not we're not going to have any conflict. So Richard, you're going to have to look away, and Sarah's going to give me the answer first, and then I'm going to ask for yours. Okay. Yeah. So, name of the film. It's a Christmas film about a serial killer who turns into a snowman. <clears throat> can I answer this afterwards? <laughs> oh, you can. Thank you. Ow. It's so tense. I can see them scribbling. Sarah, whenever you're ready, hold it up to the camera. I don't know how to spell it. That's okay. As long as I can (laughs) can make out the general gist of what's occurred. I'm excited to see what what she's going for. Slightly worrying me. No, I don't don't know whether it's... Oh, Hmm. Oh, I need a new piece of paper. Oh, my goodness me. The pressure's getting on. I haven't... (laughs) I have an English A level on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah it. thinks she's on countdown. I really do. <laughs> I'm going to do the theme. It's probs wrong. All right, let me have a look at that. Sarah has gone for... Oh, okay. That's a choice. Yeah, it is. That is a choice. I don't know. And take it away for me. Richard, are you ready? No. Are you ready? Show me... Your I think I've made a big error. Whenever you're ready. Actually, Richard, you could just say it. Yeah, um I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. Like, and it's not even it's not even a horror film, so Go on. the point's probably yours. Jack Frost. You know who gets it? It's Richard. Richard gets it. Richard. It. it was either that or that, and I went wrong. Sarah went with the snowman. Um, I considered the snowman. And Richard went with Jack Frost, which is also a well lovely heartwarming done. Christmas film. But the version that I wanted was the uh, the serial killer snowman version. So, Richard, you are today's Christmas oh. film movie super freak champion of the champions, Nicholas Cage, Bruce Willis edition. I'll take that. I'll take that. 
Well done. Uh, well done, Rich. Because I winged it the entire way. Pure luck on the final one. Very good. <laughs> a, a worthy second place, though, Sarah. And um, thank you. To be honest, I don't think you should be allowed back on the podcast ever again. Uh, <laughs> the possibly the biggest horror fan here. Uh, last place, uh, Liam. Yep. <laughs> so. But yes, it's Christmas, so everyone's a winner. Ex- Apart from except for on this last. podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, like, no one's a winner at the minute with COVID, let's be yeah. honest. True. <laughs> no one in the UK or the world. Sorry to everyone who is in Tier 4 at the moment. Just announced. Oh, gosh. So that brings this month's podcast to an end. Congratulations again to our winner, Richard, who won the lovely quiz. Um, and I just want to say that this month we have also relaunched or Charlie has relaunched the Super Freak Media blog. Uh, there'll be a link to that in the description below and the first blog post is live which is going to bring you all up to date on what we've been getting up to uh, in the year 2020 which as you can imagine has been quite interesting really with uh, <laughs> everything that's been going on. Um, the contest this month is a little bit different so instead of answering a question because we've all questioned out today um, all we need you to do is share the Facebook post, which will have the uh, the YouTube video of this podcast on, uh, with your friends, and anyone that shares it will be entered into the draw to win some Super Freak Media goodies. So all that's left to say then is a big thank you to all of the guests on today's podcast. Thank you to Richard. Thank you to Sarah. Thanks for having me. And thank you, Liam. You are most welcome, Jono. Who came oh, now I look like an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> terrible he wins one quiz and he's like and that's you know, it he's it just like, above all of us yep arrogance mate. Over us. complete arrogance thanks johnny no tom cruise what <clears throat> sorry what <laughs> so merry christmas everyone and we'll see you all in the new year so remember keep it creepy and see you on the other side I wasn't sure if we were still doing the didn't or not. Where were we? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't do it because I wasn't nah, sure. I was waiting for someone quiet. else to take the lead. You went one quiet thing. after you said "keep it creepy," um, and I couldn't hear you, so I was a bit like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> still can't believe how much of an ass Richard is.